1: Hello, fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
2: This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Monday, gang, and welcome, of course, to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. And we start with Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool, annoyingly, Tonkin, Leeds, United, 3 0 Ellen Road. Mohamed Salah scored his 100th Premier League goal. He's a great player, goals, didn't he? <coughs> yeah. I, listen, I've always said he was. No, you didn't. You said he made it, didn't you go. No, I said it, it doesn't matter. This was the reaction on Talksport.
3: It ends here Leeds United nil
4: Liverpool 3. Liverpool really in control from start to finish. Played a really good game here, I think, as good as you can play against Leeds because you have to be ready for brutal intensity because it's like go. I think after two minutes of so all the situation, counter-attack, counter-attack, ball, the crowd was there. So it was a, a very exciting football game with the, us as the winner.
2: Now, the match was overshadowed by a nasty injury to Liverpool's Harvey Elliott. This was Jurgen Klopp's take on the injury.
4: He's in hospital, Well, it's not good, obviously. Bad ankle injury, for sure. Looked like the, the ankle was dislocated and the dog could put it back or the, or the medical department could put it back. So massive pain, shock for him, for us, and um, we don't know more, we have to wait. I don't want other players to get a red card. It's not my business. It's a serious injury. Definitely. For an 18-year-old boy, I don't know why we discuss a red card. It's not important. He will be back in two or three weeks and can play on. Harvey will not play. That's the situation. So it's not about a red card.
5: Yeah, Pascal Stroik, and in fairness to him, he looks absolutely um, distraught as well. You'll know what it's like. Clearly, it wasn't a malicious tackle. It's just, it's awful
2: if 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 it's as bad as we you can think tell, it is, You can normally yeah, tell by awful. the reaction of the, reaction of the his teammates well, yeah. and the
5: opposing players it, as well. It's,
2: it's awful and Jurgen Klopp's seen cuddling one of the medical staff at, at Liverpool as well. So it's not looking great mm. for a very, very talented young football player. And this was the take of Leeds United's Patrick Bamford.
0: We haven't played up to our potential yet in the, in the first four games, but it's a work in progress and we'll keep working hard until we, until we get onto that run of wins again. I mean, you can't kind of just say four games in either because... That soon goes to eight. And then if you get to like 10 without a win, they start catching up with you. So I think that we've got to
3: just look to the next game and uh, see if we can get three points. This is a worrying day for Leeds. They were outplayed
5: big time. I'm very respectful of Marcelo Bielsa. The fact that Pep Guardiola says he's the best coach in the world. I will take that on board. But it's often been said he doesn't have a plan B. And sometimes you need a plan B. Sometimes against this level of opponent, you need to shut up shop, but they've been too easy to play against. I know they're down to 10 men, but they were getting battered anyway by that stage. Mm -hmm. They got battered by Manchester United on the opening day of the season because they were too open. Bamford seems to have dried up a bit and that was always a concern. Second season syndrome. I think you can maybe start to talk about Leeds as being in the relegation picture.
2: What a return to Manchester United it was for Cristiano Ronaldo at the weekend, bagging two goals in a 4-1 win over Newcastle United. I was there, by the way. Former United keeper Mark Bosnich thinks that the return of Ronnie to Old Trafford might be enough for Solskjaer's side to win the league title. Or everybody just calm down. You might be right though.
6: I think him coming has made them serious title contenders. So we're talking about little bits here. It's like that last, the last 500 metres in a race is generally the hardest. But the fact that I still think Manchester City are slight favourites. I thought before his arrival, I thought Chelsea then, and, and Liverpool is a toss-up and then probably Manchester United, all contenders. But I think his signing has propelled them to being serious contenders. And I think we'll see that as time goes on. We can welcome to uh, my former teammate, to be fair, Derby County. And now he's obviously Manchester United goalkeeper, Mr Lee Grant. Talk to me, Grant. What was it like yesterday? I-
0: do you know what? It was normal in terms of the game match prep, but once we got to the stadium, you could tell there was a little bit of something different going on.
3: Running down our wing, here Viva Ronaldo!
0: The king is home. The people, the crowd, the fans waiting pre-match for the coach, cheering Cristiano off the bus. I would say the stadium was 60 70% full for the warm-up, which wow. I've not seen before.
5: But there's the breakthrough, right on time. And Manchester United take the lead and guess who?
0: Everyone will know when anybody gets up, it's usually here's a spoon and get on a, a chair or a stool and stand in front of the group and sing. And I was one of the first ones because I'm one of the older players. So straight away, I'm rattling the glasses to try and see if we can get. Because we had Rafa, Jaden had to do his little piece and obviously Cristiano. We were all sort of on hooks Is he going to get up? Is he going to sing? But. He got up. He was brilliant. Obviously, I'm not going to disclose the contents of what he said, but it was interesting that that was one of the points that he made about his nerves and he reiterated it post-match. So, yeah, really interesting. But what I think that does show is, and something we are all aware of as players, is that he really wants to be back here. And he was like incredibly excited at the opportunity to come back and play for the club. So that's... Incredibly humbling, I think, for Manchester United fans, anyone connected with the club, because he's obviously that this global megastar that is absolutely um, ecstatic to be back.
2: Now, how about this gang? After Emma Raducanu's incredible victory in the US Open, former British tennis player Barry Cowan thinks it's the greatest sporting achievement ever. Well, that's some statement. We'll also hear from Rupert Bell and journalist Alison Rudd, who could steer us in a similar direction. <laughs> Sorry. First up, it's that amazing statement from Cowan.
0: The first British woman yeah. to win a Grand Slam since Virginia Wade 44 years ago. She's gonna rock it up the ranking. Her life has changed
1: forever.
2: The best story that I've ever seen in sport with yeah. just her journey. And you said, you know, when she left, Britain to go to America. Of course, the last match she played was that match at Wimbledon in the last 16 on Court One when she when it all got a little bit too much for her. So even since then, how much she's improved—not just as a tennis player, but mentally. I mean, she's just been absolutely rock solid, and nothing was going to to put her off in terms of her completing what is a remarkable achievement.
0: The biggest thing that you know you you have visions of is winning the winning moment and going to celebrate with your team in the box and trying to find your way up to the box and um, just seeing them after the match that was that's been playing in my head like a couple nights like i've fallen asleep to that
4: she learns quicker
2: than any sports person i've ever analyzed she absorbs the information and then makes changes you can see her adjusting the angles she wants to go for and what she needs to do to beat the opponent she's facing it is at absolutely phenomenal
5: I am just wide-eyed you know and I remember Virginia Wade very clearly because I was 18 at the time when she won it so when you think about it and I was (laughs) you know just leaving school I I could barely hit a tennis ball I didn't know what I was going to do yet here is an 18 year old Mm. running away with the US Open and I mean running away with it because she did in the end this is without question one of the greatest achievements ever in world
2: sport on now to Chelsea, and Saul Niguez was, of course, subbed off at half-time by Thomas Tuchel, or pulled off, as Jason Cundy would say. But Perry Groves claims it was an example of great management. But first, before we hear from Jerry, let's have a listen to Tony Cascarino, a former Chelsea striker himself once, of course, on Romelu Lukaku.
6: Finds Lukaku inside the area, left-footed drive! He does have a second
1: one now!
3: What a finish from Romelu Lukaku. Chelsea have got a fabulous forward in Lukaku and he's going to get close to doing what Didier Drogba did for Chelsea. Diego Costa is good enough to show that he can stand alongside them. I reckon there's going to be about five players who are going to get 20-plus league, Premier League goals. I would go Ronaldo, Salah, Lukaku, without doubt. <laughs> had A tough opening 25
0: minutes, Saul. He's a little bit ponderous in possession. Again, he had too many
2: touches, robbed uh, what 25 30 yards from his own goal. Welcome to the Premier League, fella. The difference between the good managers and the great managers is they make the decisions at half time, they don't wait for five 10 minutes in the second half. A player on his debut, a big decision to take him off because you're worried about will his confidence drop. And I think Thomas because one who went No, I'm really we saw it with Hudson Adoy, didn't we? Um was it Southampton where he took him off? Because yeah. he said, You ain't tracking back sunshine, so you're coming off and sitting here But he gives you that other chance and he'll talk to you why he's Brought you off, not yeah. just ignore you completely. He ball, took full responsibility for it, by the way. Last well, because he actually said he should have realised as well that he maybe wasn't ready. Yeah. He should have eased him in a little bit. So he probably will sit him down and say, "Look, that's that's my fault. You're not up to speed with what we want you to do, and you know the training and the intensity." So, but you will be a big part for us. On to Arsenal now, who recorded their first league win of the season, beating Norwich at the Emirates. Mm. You sure you got that right? Goal city, September. Yeah, yeah. The first league win of the... No, you've got that wrong, mate. They must have won before September. No, they haven't. Their first win of the season. However, Tony Cascarino reckons next weekend's clash against Burnley will indicate if Arteta's gunners have turned a corner. Burnley, by the by. way. That's Burnley.
3: Pepe on the overlap. Goes for goal. Hits the post. Comes out. Hits the other post. It's tucked in by Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Right on the line! You know that Burnley, light leads give you different problems. Burnley will give you... And Arsenal ain't particularly good at set pieces and you're probably playing one of the best teams at set pieces because they're a big side and they get things into danger areas and you have to defend and defend, you know, find your body in front of the ball and doing all the difficult and ugly side of the game. And Arsenal haven't been doing that very well for quite a long time. So it'll be a fair indicator next weekend of have they really turned that corner.
2: On now to boxing, and it's less than two weeks until Anthony Joshua's world heavyweight title defence against Alexander Usyk at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Talksport's fight night presenter Adam Katmandu Captral thinks AJ must go back to his old aggressive ways to be successful against the Ukrainian. Since the Klitschko fight, and everybody looks at the Ruiz fight
6: as the thing that has changed his mentality. I look to the Klitschko fight as the fight that has changed Anthony Joshua's mentality, where he's gone more jab-heavy. And if you look from since Klitschko... The earliest he's got somebody out of there is the seventh round. He's never done it. He hasn't got anybody out since Klitschko in the first half of a fight. He he feels his way into a fight and then starts to take over in the second half of a fight. And I think it was Povetkin he got out there in in the seventh round. Should have got him out in the fourth. He should have, but he he ended up waiting and he ended up getting it out in in the seventh round. We've had decisions. We've obviously had a defeat with Ruiz and we've had uh, later stoppages as well. I just think that we need to see the original Anthony Joshua in this particular fight. I think we need to be aggressive from the start because I think if you allow Usyk to get a rhythm in the fight, that's when the problem will come.
2: Well, that's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app, wherever you get your podcast from. And don't forget, of course, to press that subscribe button. I'm back on TalkSport today, tonight, actually, on Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Sports Bar, alongside... Who is it? Jason? No, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Just me. Make sure you join me for that. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport daily podcasts out first thing in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day, and above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That.